There are certain skills, critical skills, that you need, that we all need, not only to get ahead in our lives, but also to ensure a successful path forward for our children and for the survival of our constitutional republic. You're listening to All About Skills, where we discuss the eight critical skills you need to succeed and how CEOs, placement directors, executive recruiters, and career-minded individuals utilize them to propel themselves to a higher level of understanding and achievement. Get ready to learn, master, and excel with your host, Charlie Jett. Thank you, Anne, and welcome to It's All About Skills. This is a series of programs where we discuss the critical skills and their application in the real world. My name is Charlie Jett, and we're coming to you from our studio in beautiful downtown Chicago. I'm an internationally certified coach, and I specialize in career management, skill development, positive intelligence, and career crises. Now, we have a terrific guest today. Jim Carr is the owner President and Chief Executive Officer of Blue Book Services Incorporated in Wheaton, Illinois. Blue Book Services is a credit rating and information company for the fresh fruit, vegetable, and lumber industries. Previously, Jim worked for Harris Bank in Chicago from 1974 to 1979. He has also served as the mayor of the city of Wheaton for 14 years from 1993 to 2007. Jim, his family, and his family were my next door neighbors, or across the street neighbors, in Wheaton for nearly 30 years. So welcome, Jim, to It's All About Skills. Charlie, it's good to be with you and great to see you again and hear from you. Well, it's great to see you too, Jim. Now, to start out with, tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, where you went to school and so forth, up to the time that you graduated from college. Pleased to do so, Charlie. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a small town Missouri boy. Grew up in a town called Macon, Missouri. It's uh, 60 miles west of Hannibal and uh, north central Missouri, three hours from Kansas City, three hours from St. Louis. Uh, <clears throat> wonderful place to grow up, played baseball, swam during my formative years. After graduating from high school in 1967, I went to a small liberal arts college, uh, Culver Stockton College, a beautiful little school, high up on the banks in northeastern Missouri, um, overlooking the Mississippi River. Just a fabulous little school. I majored in history, political science, and, and Charlie, I did something kind of unusual while I was at college. Um, for for three years, every Sunday, uh, I called on, uh, or I served four rural Disciple of Christ Christian churches, like a Methodist Presbyterian church, four churches, two every Sunday. I was a licensed student pastor and gave two sermons every Sunday, uh, and then had lunch with parishioners, made calls, and I even did three weddings during my time. Fabulous experience. Um, after graduating from um, Culver in 1971, I went to Yale University where I got two masters in three years, a master of arts in religion from Yale Divinity, uh, trying to specialize as much as I could in ethics, and then a master of arts in administrative sciences from Yale Graduate School. 
this would, uh, today, my degree would be from the Yale School of Management, an MBA. But when I was there, I studied economics, decision-making, how organizations function, leadership, an unbelievable experience. Amazing. So, Amazing. So when you left college and all those experiences and left Yale and so forth, what would you, aside from the academic knowledge you learned, would you consider to be the, your most useful skills that you thought you could apply in your career? You know, first of all, I must compliment you for your work on critical skills, the education of people, particularly young people, Charlie, because you have made this kind of your life's work. Um, even when you had other jobs, you were always interested in bringing up society, building up young people in particular. And um, in fact, you and I worked on several projects. Uh, I'll just maybe mention them now. Um, for my company, Blue Book, years ago, we worked on an 800 number project. Right. It really, wasn't, it really wasn't the 800 number, but it was more about helping young people being able to, to work with organizations, CEOs, to find out what was going on, like a McKinsey, a junior McKinsey. Yep. Uh, and then in, when I was on the school board, District 200 in Wheaton, Warrenville, uh, we did a couple of field studies, as I recall, maybe more. And then when I became mayor for the city of Wheaton, I believe we teamed up and did a, a, few, a few field studies. So the field studies that you did, Charlie, the, the opportunities you gave to young people were amazing. So I want to compliment you for your energy and your goal of helping young people develop. Well, I appreciate that, Jim. And, and you are somebody who really epitomizes a person who not only can demonstrate all of those critical skills, but you, you appreciate the need for learning those things. And well, you and I are very similar. Uh, we're both, I think, maybe from small towns. We've gone to some great schools. We've had wonderful opportunities. We've interacted with a variety of people up and down the chain. And uh, we, you know, it's all about people. It's all about people making decisions. And I have seen how organizations work. And thankfully, I have been able to move from an academic point of view into a real life situation, owning and running a small business. Um, I don't mean to overstate Blue Books what we do. We have a national and a small international footprint and I'll get to that later, but you and I are thinking along the same lines. Now, for me, most of the skills that I have found to be valuable are interpersonal communications, analysis, and the ability to help people, because I taught for several years, 16, 17 years at Wheaton College, talk about that later, but um, I taught critical skills, Charlie, fit with my education, fit with my philosophy of life and fit with my interest in developing young people. They sure do, Jim, and they, and they, they absolutely fit with, fit with the way you have actually uh, embraced them and utilized them throughout your career. Now, let's jump back a little bit. You, uh, you graduated from Yale and had all these degrees and that sort of stuff, and then you became a banker. You, uh, you entered the world of banking with the Harris Bank in Chicago. So tell, tell us a little bit about that experience. I think you were there for maybe four years or so, or six years or thereabouts. So tell me what skills you needed to be a, a successful banker. 
I'll, I'll answer that first by giving you a very brief philosophy of what I felt was needed by me to develop as an individual, as a, as a person who had a goal of being an entrepreneur and running an organization, making a difference. That was my goal. So here was my uh, philosophy. I wanted to look at what happened in the past to understand what has happened in the past and why. So we hopefully could not repeat going forward. That's why I entered, uh, majored in history and political science in college. Then I wanted to learn about that gray area of society called ethics, where uh, law, religion, and economics kind of come together, that nexus where the circle involves those three areas to help people understand about the ethical components of society. Lastly, I wanted to understand how organizations function, how people make decisions, um, those kinds of things. Then with that academic training, Charlie, I needed practical business experience. Mm -hmm. I felt the best way to get it was to work for a major successful bank. Uh, I was lucky enough to be hired by Harris Bank in 1974. I worked in international and then I worked as an, in the agribusiness area. And in 1979, I left and joined Blue Book Services, then known as Produce Reporter Company. And um, I worked my way up, bought the company. And during my 42 years at Blue Book, I have been able to put into practice, along with a very talented group of people, my philosophy of how to run a company and how to treat people. Mm -hmm. And now, Jim, when you, after you did leave the banking business and you joined uh, Produce Reporter, it was called then, uh, what were the kind of skills you needed uh, to be successful in that business to ultimately purchase the, the company? I work for two of the smartest people that I've ever known, Walt Lindsay Sr. and Walt Lindsay Jr. Walt Lindsay Sr. Charlie started in the mail room with a high school education. He was there for 50 years, worked his way up, bought the company, the American dream. His son, Walt Lindsay Jr. had a little different path. Very, very intelligent, hardworking man. He went to Duke undergrad and Michigan Law School. Uh, both of these gentlemen taught me a lot about how to do business the right way, how to interact with people. Because Charlie Blue Book is really the Dun and Bradstreet for produce and lumber. And we rate companies, how well, how fast they pay their bills, how they keep their word. Those are the hallmarks of doing business. Building a trust, a trustful relationship between buyer and seller buying produce, selling produce, never having met the other party using blue book information. Charlie, our company is 120 years old. We have a fabulous brand. We work hard every day to do our job to provide information, timely and reliable information to help people make decisions. But Walt Lindsay Sr. and Jr., the leaders of Blue Book, taught me skills um, honesty, admit when you make a mistake, lead, don't hold back, bring others into the system, 
involve as many people as you can without being too big. So um, the 41 people who make up Blue Book today are fabulous. Um, I'm proud of the team every single day. Our goal is to get better every day so that we can help the industry, the industries we serve thrive and do their jobs. So honesty, being truthful, admitting your mistakes, trying to do better every single day and compete more than anyone else. We're a small company, we're a niche company. We don't want to, we don't want anyone else in our space if we can prevent it. I think competition's a great thing, except uh, we want to be able to be so good that we can fend off anyone else. And uh, we've done so for 120 years and I hope that the company can continue to, to do that. Well, Jim, you've certainly been a model, and the Blue Book has been a model of success in Wheaton. I can I can attest to that from experience of being there and living there for over 30 years. Uh, but, you know, I was always impressed about things that you did that uh, you didn't let grass grow under your free feet, and you, you actually practiced what you preached, and you, uh, in terms of ethics and that sort of stuff, and I was amazed uh, to learn that you were participating with Wheaton College as a lecturer. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and what you were teaching. When we first moved to Wheaton, um, like most young people, we were able to buy a house but didn't have a lot of extra money. So I applied to College of DuPage, COD, wonderful two-year college in Glen Ellen, which is right next door to Wheaton. And uh, they hired me and I taught small business management for four or five years in various locations around the area and high schools, Glenbard North, uh, you name it, around the area. And then I had the opportunity to teach at Wheaton College. And I was asked to co-teach business ethics. Mm -hmm. And um, with a professor from Wheaton College, I brought in the practical experience. He was more the academician. So I was able to um, teach with a fine gentleman for seven years. He um, resigned, moved to New York, took another job. And then there was another Wheaton College professor with whom I uh, teamed up for seven years and co-taught business ethics. And uh, we did a lot of, we brought in a few speakers. We uh, uh, did studies. It was a wonderful experience. The college uh, thought I was doing so well as a I'm not, by the way, I'm not surprised at that at all, Jim. <laughs> Excuse the uh, commercial. Um, they offered me the opportunity to teach uh, a money and banking class one time, international economics. But then they offered me the opportunity to do something that was kind of a dream for me, Charlie. In my last three years there, I taught management. And I did it in a way that I thought people like yourself would be proud. And, and that is... I brought in speakers, CEOs in the health field, the military field, and uh, um, uh, technology, and you name it, you name it. Every class, every management class had a high level uh, person come in and talk about what he or she did in their area, how they reached their, back, their background and so on. It was fabulous. The students had to write a three to five page paper on every uh, speaker, and then the, the real, thing was I broke them into groups of three or four and uh, I had them meet with uh, companies downtown Chicago and out in the suburbs, top-notch companies, 
top-notch companies. You would recognize the names, Charlie. And uh, they had to go in, meet with the CEO of their, or their immediate underlings, and uh, interview them, research the company, and then write dauntingly um, recommendations to make that organization better. They had to present that information to the CEO or the people right below them. And I, and, uh, I said to them, I want you to know the company inside out better than the CEO. That's what I want you to do. And uh, for years, I, or for three years, I taught this class. And uh, I must admit, it was like, it was a dream come true. And wow. Charlie, you know what, even more so, we talked about the skills yeah. that, you, that you developed along with others, but what an opportunity to help these young people to go on to successful careers. Absolutely, and they're using those skills today, I, I, I'm, I'm assured. I'm absolutely sure of that, yes. So Jim, you, again, not one that uh, lets grass grow to his feet and that sort of stuff. You were, you were lecturing, you were running a business and that sort of stuff. But I remember, you know, talking, yelling at you across, uh, at you at, uh, with you across the street that you were thinking about entering politics and you made a decision to run for mayor of the city of Wheaton. So tell us what prompted you to make that decision and what happened. The um, professors that I had in the Yale Graduate School when I received my Master of Arts in Administrative Sciences said to all the classes, we will teach you to be leaders, not managers, be leaders in both private and public settings. So I knew I was working my way up in the private setting um, where I eventually bought the company and then took it over. Um, but I wanted to try my hand in the public setting. So I ran for school board in 1974, uh, excuse me, 1985, 1985. At that time, Wheaton-Warrenville School District, District 200 had undergone three strikes, teacher strikes in seven years. When I ran, there was another strike going on and we had to decide whether to cross a picket line at the elementary school where your children and our children attended and we did. We did. And I tell you, I learned a lot by crossing that line. Uh, it was a kind of a, of a momentous moment. I had to make a decision for myself and for our children. So I was running for school board at that time. And I decided having crossed that line, I'm gonna go meet with every school in every school in the district. And I did that. First, I met with the principal and asked if I could meet with the teachers. And they said, sure, go on back to the teacher's lounge, talk with them. And I did. I went back to every, every school and met with teachers to hear what their concerns were. And um, I was elected to the school board. And in addition to the teacher strikes, which had sapped the morale from the, it just sucked the air out of the room, Charlie from the school district. We, we had financial problems. There was a lawsuit going on trying to separate the school district. District 200 is like Illinois, north and south, long and narrow. And they wanted to separate it right in the middle. Four, we, the superintendent was let go three months into my tenure. Four years later, we had passed two successful referenda. We had hired a new fabulous superintendent. The lawsuit went away. 
So our financial problems were taken care of. Along with the community's input, we were able to restore a sense of balance and hope for the future. I learned a lot about that and it was all dealing with people. I ran for mayor in 1993 against a very close friend. We agreed that uh, we would remain friends during the uh, running for office and also afterwards. And we, we did and we have. Uh, during my 13, excuse me, 13 year tenure, 14 year tenure as mayor, um, I saw just about every issue that you could have as mayor. When I drive through Wheaton still to this day, I remember, oh gee, that was a zoning issue. Oh my gosh, that person uh, parked their uh, RV in the middle of the street, people yelled about it. I learned and remember so much. But you know, Charlie, it's about listening, giving people the opportunity to talk. It's about letting democracy work. It's very messy, it's time consuming, but believe me, it works. So having served as president of the school board two of the four years as serving mayor of Wheaton for 14 years, I learned just a touch and I don't mean to elevate it. I'm sure anything above that would be way different and way more important, but um, I learned a lot. And uh, I'm proud that I was, the voters gave me the opportunity, but it's all about skills. It's listening, treating people the same treating people with respect, and then sitting back and listening. Absolutely, Jim. And, and, and you are a model of, of somebody that can do that because the reputation that you developed and, and so rightly deserve is that you were a terrific mayor. Well, thank you. I, um, <laughs> I've been out of office 14 years. Two other mayors have come after me and they have done and are doing a great job. Um, once in a while at Target, somebody will say, weren't you mayor? And I'll go, yes, I was. <laughs> and I, and I get in my uh, fighting stance and they say, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. Uh, we thought you did a good job. I've heard on, from other people to the contrary, but uh, you know what? Uh, I didn't run for office to be popular. I ran for office to see if I could make a difference. And you did, Jim, you did. And uh, I was, I'm happy to say that I was a, uh, beneficiary of your your tenure there and uh, not only that as a good friend across the street absolutely charlie i think you helped me we used to talk many occasions and i want to thank you for your wise counsel <laughs> even though we almost set the backyard on fire fourth <laughs> of july <laughs> that's true charlie that's true that's true i recall hey jim uh Let's, let's assume you've discussed these skills and how they were important to you. And so we don't need to ask you looking back what those important skills were, but let's just, let's do it this way. Let's assume that you're giving a high school graduation ad address uh, to, in today's world, to the, all the stuff that we're facing and that, and that sort of thing. And you're back in Missouri or wherever you want to be. And you're giving, uh, giving a talk to these young high school graduates what sort of advice would you give to these graduates about the kind of skills they, they will need to face the challenges of their careers, but more importantly, I think, as citizens of a democratic republic? You know, Charlie, as Americans, we have um, opportunities that people around the world will never, never see. They will never see what, if given the opportunity, individuals can do. 
if allowed to perform, if allowed to try, some will fail, some will succeed. But because they are given within the rule of law, the opportunities that you and I have had, Charlie, and people well before us, this country has flourished. Uh, and I pray that we will continue to have a democracy of respect where the rule of law and opportunities will continue to prevail. I think we will. I believe in the future. I'm optimistic. Uh, but to answer your question, in 2000, Charlie, I had one of the proudest moments of my life. I, I received an invitation in the mail to speak at the Macon, Missouri High School senior uh, graduation. Great. And uh, boy, did I work on my speech. I, um, I told them a funny story. My brother, who was 12 years older, was a six foot five, 220 pound uh, Missouri State Trooper living in my hometown where he grew up. And um, when I was a boy, I made the all-star baseball team one year. I, I don't know, it must've been 10 or 12. And uh, they pulled the biggest and meanest looking guy out of the stands to be the home plate umpire. So he became the home plate umpire and I got the opportunity to, to come in as the closing pitcher. I threw nine pitches, all strikes, struck out the other team at that time and we won the game. And uh, some people thought having found out that my brother was a was the uh, home plate umpire that it was kind of a fix until I pointed out to them that he was a Missouri State Trooper was 6'5", 220. That kind of took care of everything right there. You know <laughs> I can't say it would. <laughs> so I mentioned that in my speech and got some laughs. I also got a standing ovation because here's what I told them, Charlie. I said, you were going from a small town into a big world. And your success, your failure, should not be viewed in those terms. It should be viewed as an opportunity to grow and become the best you can. That will require being happy with yourself, knowing who you are, believing in yourself, and also believing in people. Treat everyone the same. Show respect to everyone. And learn to listen. And then when you speak, make sure you speak from a context of education, of understanding, and trying to make a difference. And I said, if you do those things, you may well not be successful but you will be a contributor in a positive way to society and you will be a better person for it. And um, I hit a common chord because the principal had also gone to the college where I from which I graduated, Culver Stockton. And uh, he told me later that those were some of the same critical skills that they were trying to teach at Macon High School. I received a first-class education from my high school, and uh, I wanted to be on the school board in Wheaton, Warrenville, to try and help the young people go 
go forward and receive the best education possible. So Charlie, you know what? You and I are pretty lucky. We are, Jim. We have lived in a time of great growth. We have lived in a time of, of uh, opportunity, but we've also faced some major, major things. COVID came out of the blue, still here. Um, a world that is uh, non-functional in many areas. So we have to be constantly, constantly on guard to be the best we can be, to be the best Americans that we can be, and to help the world be a better place. I, I, I just believe in that. And Charlie, again, your critical skills, what you have done, that is the foundation. You know, if you look back, and I think you mentioned this to me when we uh, discussed this, uh, think of the founding people that we had, the Jeffersons, the Madisons, the Washingtons, the people from then on, the Lincolns, the, you name it, the people we have today. Um, you know what? It's um, kind of takes your breath away. And uh, we owe a great gratitude to many people who have come before. But what they did, they were resilient. They believed in the future. And they developed their skills and the skills of everyone around them. They set the plate, Charlie. Mm -hmm. They set the table. They set the table. And um, I just hope we can help in the future. Boy, you and I are in 100% agreement on that, Jim. And, and again, you've been uh, a model of uh, someone who not only has the knowledge of the critical skills, but you put them into practice. And you not only put them into practice, but you, uh, you participated me, with me on, a, on as, we, as you said, on a couple of the, of the science things that we were doing with kids. And what I was impressed with at the time is you knew what we were doing. You knew what we were trying to do for those kids. And whether or not we needed an 800 number at the produce reporter at the time was sort of irrelevant. I don't know, did you finally get an 800 number? We never did, Charlie, but <laughs> internet came along shortly thereafter, so. <laughs> Well, is there anything else you'd like to discuss, Jim? I think we pretty much covered the waterfront here, but uh, I want, you know, we have a minute or two if there's anything else that you'd want to cover. Just be open to walking down the street and meeting people who can help you, who can help you grow. Um, my life has been an opportunity. For example, living across the street from each other, Charlie, meeting you, learning from you, um, your children, same age as our children. Uh, you know, how lucky are we to have been able to meet and interact with people of, from A to Z. And um, I have learned so much from everyone. So just be open, yeah. just be open engage, do more listening than talking, and then formulate ideas and opinions for yourself. And Charlie, I am so glad that we reconnected in this fashion. I thank you for what you have done and are doing, and I wish you much success. Well, I thank you too, Jim. And I, I want to say that I'm very proud that you were my neighbor and proud that you're my friend. Same here. So I'd like to also thank you, Jim, for being our guest today on It's All About Skills. 
Now, as for me, I'm an internationally certified career coach and I specialize in career management, skill development, career crises, and positive intelligence. And you can get in touch with me through my website, charliejetcoaching.com or podcastpq.com. So I want to thank you all for listening today, and we'll see you next time as we discuss the critical skills on It's All About Skills. Thank you for listening to this episode of All About Skills. To learn more information about the critical skills, be sure to visit itsallaboutskills.com for access to resources like blogs, field studies, published books, and more about how to learn, how to use, and how to teach this important content. That's exclusively available on itsallaboutskills.com. We look forward to having you join us on the next episode so we can continue to help you learn, master, and excel by using critical skills right here on All About Skills.